Okay, so not all agents work the same. One are stand, one set of agents are standalone in an office, and there's agents that truly work as a team in an office. It can maximise your value. How does it maximise your value? Stay tuned. We're going to talk about real estate teams and how they vary. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Sarge. The, That's what we do. The, <laughs> the old man and the young man's body, how are you? I'm very good. You? Yeah, good. Hey, uh, Sydney had a big weekend with the uh, the marathon. Did your mum do it? No, mum, mum didn't race. She did. She's actually she's racing Berlin Marathon next weekend. So go, mum. Good luck. They flew out yesterday. We've been uh, left in oh, charge. Wow. Of the house yeah but um yeah far out well done to anyone that um competed yesterday or even finished whatever time because it was very hot <laughs> it was hot it looked like it was a big turnout uh well done sydney uh, what a great idea um shutting our our bridge down and uh, and giving it to the pedestrians the joggers um but it started early i think it started like six seven o'clock in the morning yeah, far I bet they needed it, you know, that, that morning uh, coolness. Yeah. This is a, this is like a, a good topic to roll in off that, though. Talking about armies. We're talking about the Novak yeah. Army this morning. <laughs> what keeps yeah. And, and for people that don't know, when you select your agent, often, um, even though they're, they're in an office or they're in a franchise, they're very alone um, in the way they do their business, that you do not get um, a joint force of salespeople with their buyers, um, most importantly, all through your property. So when you choose agencies that actually will work, all the sales reps work together for the common goal of getting the best price, you can get um, salespeople that work alone um, to get you the best price. So you actually won't get the other sales reps or their buyers in that agency through your property. No one actually articulates this because it's, it's, it's not to their advantage. But I think, um, I, I think uh, well, it depends. If, you, if you're working alone, you're not articulating it. If you're working in teams, uh, you can articulate it. The question this morning is, is it putting dollars into the back of your pocket when you're selling your property? And how do you find the agent um, uh, on the northern beaches or anywhere in Sydney that sort of does that? Yeah, it's a really important question, I think, to ask in, um, in front of an agent when you're employing someone to sell your property. Um, talk about the structure of how how's my property going to be represented, who's going to be doing what, in the campaign because it is almost impossible for one person no matter how good they are to do um, the same output in terms of volume of calls text messages emails um, showing other properties to buyers in the same price range um, no matter you know how big that you know one how good that one person is a team of people um, have got such a much greater reach 
if you look at like 12 the strand we've got a property coming on dy beachfront came on tuesday um 92 inquiries in 24 hours um how possibly how possibly can one agent service their existing business uh which also entails prospecting and service those inquiries coming in you really do need a team behind you so as a as a seller that would have been absolutely critical for that that client that was selling the strand to choose yeah. an agent that can actually cope with that amount of inquiry and not just cope but service it impeccably um so it, it is definitely advantage billy what are the questions people should ask when they're selling when we're talking about um finding real estate agent teams to sell your property well first of all when you're sitting down in front of um any agent it's important to understand I think who's going to be who's going to be actually building the marketing, who's going to be setting the pricing strategy, and who's going to be you know doing everything from your open homes to your negotiations to um, you know if, if you're running an auction, who's going to be there on site, who's going to be you know manning the floor, um, all those small things because quite often it is unfortunate where you employ um, sort of the head of the team um, or head of the you know, the sort of one person plus assistant, and then quite a lot of that um, work underneath, which is just as important to what's seen on face value is actually, you know, not palmed off, but it's, it's, you know, shared with someone else that you might have not been introduced to before. So the way we like to, um, you know, be a point of difference there is the team, you know, is right behind us. Um, and we actually, you know, sort of, share our database and share our properties everyone working towards a mutual goal but you've still got that one or two people um as a point of contact you know doing everything from the front as well i think as a as a clear con uh you know display we for instance this morning what we're all doing so um 10 o'clock on a, on a monday morning every new property we've had come on this week we will um uh, ask our clients if we can inspect it yeah and 10 o'clock that morning we will all view that property so we all um so eight real estate agents nine real estate agents all jump in their cars we all go to that um to that property all the new properties for that week that have come on for that week and inspect it so someone walks through the door of our agency and they get billy glenn lisa michael whoever they get as a sales rep uh, or anyone else, they've all actually seen every property. So I think the advantage to the seller for that is just huge because Glenn would go through and go, you know what, I've actually got the perfect buyer for this. Lisa would yeah. go through and go, you know what, I've got the perfect buyer for this. Now, furthermore, and this is why the industry doesn't do this actively it's probably done to be in about a third of the offices out there but what happens is it the incentive is equal as well so there is it is sort of 50 50 in terms of um who gets the, so uh the commission split so the listing agent will get half of the the, the selling fee and then the um called the listing fee um and then the selling agent will get half so there's big incentives for all of our reps 
to grab all of their best buyers and get them through the properties. Now, who's the winner? The winner's the seller because the seller's not just getting one database, which is the Glen Higgs database. They're getting the Billy Drury database of buyers. They're getting the Lisa Novak database of buyers. They're getting the Michael Sillage database of buyers. They're going to get a better price. Yeah, absolutely. And for whatever reason, if that if that listing agent um, can't service the you know the buyer, we have a, an internal um, sort of promise to get back to every client that leaves anything like a text or an email inquiry within ten minutes. Which, as a buyer, you can appreciate how quick that is when you um, have it. On the other hand, when you're waiting for a reply and it's ten hours, um, so we have a promise to get back to our clients in ten minutes. Um, and for whatever reason. Um, if, if if the listing agent's tied up with family or friends or in an appointment um, or simply can't get onto the phone, um, you know, they've got the team right behind them to um, to help out. And there's no, you, you simply can't answer an email inquiry. You can't sort of make the reply or, or, or return the phone call if you haven't seen the property. It's just not possible. Buyers, do I think this, uh, this is a really good question. As a seller, if a buyer inquires on your property, do you want them to wait? No, it's, that's a dead. It's, it's, it's a definite no. So, how do you truly have that level of service so high that when an inquiry comes in, that you can service that email inquiry within ten minutes? You can only do it when you've got a strong real estate team, and then that's that. That goes back to the way they're remunerated. That goes back to them seeing the property. That goes back to them not being a standalone one. You know operator in the office but being in that team environment like we do so anywhere you are in sydney if you are a, a seller um i think it's a really good question to ask your, your agent um how, how does that work internally in your office um i certainly know the franchises aren't working together i've worked in one and then i often hear look i'm selling with you know the dui office and the narrabeen office and the kind of motorvale office and the manly office they're all going to bring their buyers through as well simply by just send you know if that happens by just sending an email that's not good enough um so i, I think that's it's we're, we're talking about you know having a buyer in your car they've got a million dollars and then seeing everything that agency's got for sale that's in a seller's advantage i reckon yeah absolutely and the buyers you know the buyers um it's it's like the it's like the bad dating advice that um you're supposed to leave the girl on waiting and then she likes you more it's not the case <laughs> they get they get really angry and they'll move on they you know they you can make or break a buyer's relationship before they've even got through the front door the, the easier you make life um, for these prospective buyers um, the happier they're going to be the more open they're going to be to um, you know making offers coming along to your auction uh, bringing their family back for another look if you make the first experience a nightmare, then forget bringing the family back on the next open home day. It's not going to happen. What's Lisa got to say, Billy? Within the office, it's very harmonious too. That's a beautiful word. It's, <laughs> it's like, like a church. church. <laughs> there is an enormous amount of transparency. And that's the other thing. Um, quite often there's... Um, talk in the industry which is really unfortunate to hear that there's you know conflict of interests um and it, you hate to admit it but it's unfortunately um you know it does happen 
I think this is another way that you can confidently know as a as a seller that there is no conflict of interest because everyone is competing to bring you the best offer and the best buyer, particularly when there's um, you know money on the table. Well, you know what they say. Like it probably sounds funny, but when I was hey, good morning, Lisa Lisa Kramer, uh, thank you very much. Um, you know when I was in my little A's in my in my my, my running competitions. They always used to say, if you want to do, if you want to do a better time, don't look over your shoulder. Because um, when people are doing the sprints, if they're looking over their shoulder, they're slowing down. And I think real estate offices are the same. It's counterproductive um, for the for the salesperson, and I think it's counterproductive for the person whose property they're selling. When that athlete or that salesperson or that property pro. Um, they just want to be laser focused on getting their best price. So having that sort of harmony in that office and not dog eat dog, super important. Like it's, you know, if it is like that, you know, that's not the agency you want to choose. Or if you're an agent, that's not the agency you want to be in. Yeah, absolutely. But this is, uh, this is certainly something that um, I, I would love to see become more of a, an industry norm uh, wide, you know, great far and wide because it's um, certainly does have its benefits. So in conclusion, if you are a seller, look at how the real estate team is structured from the agent that you're choosing. Look at if you're choosing a, a, a one-man band in a big real estate office or if you're choosing a sales operator that's utilising their whole team in that big real estate office to get you the best price. That's it. Have a good week. Have a good week, Bob. Everyone, have a great week. See ya. See ya.